0: What a chat with Ted there. I mean, I just love the intensity and passion he has for the game and his profession. He's someone who, from my perspective, is so clearly concordant with his role. He's leveraging his strengths in an area he's sincerely interested in and for an organization who clearly value the things that are important to him. What also jumped out at me was the reminder that it's a jungle out there and how ruthless elite performance can be at the top in terms of some of the challenges he's faced throughout his career. Another thing I love about Ted is that whole rip out the rear view mirror and move on fail or learn attitude that he and the Eagles bring. But I want to draw your focus to Ted's favorite quote or rather question. And that was, are your habits of today consistent with your goals of tomorrow? I think that's such a profound question to ask, and that's what I want us to zero in on now. We touched about it briefly in the conversation, but ultimately, when you break it down, tournaments, seasons, careers, they're all really just a series of days that repeat. And to excel, you must win each day, one after the other. And over time, it's these winning days that compound into winning months, winning years, and winning careers. And if you master the day, the years will tend to take care of themselves. And this is where these habits Ted was talking about come in. Now, when I'm talking to you about habits, I'm doing so at both the personal level, but also at the organizational level. Every organization has habits, some good, some not so good. So leaders, owners, managers, keep that in mind as we go through this next stage. Now, my favorite quote that everyone who works with me is most likely sick to death of is excellence is not about doing extraordinary things. It's about doing ordinary things extraordinarily well. The reality is outlier performers and organizations do ordinary things, but they do them without thinking consistently well and for a long time, which is what enables their progress to compound and hit tipping points. It's what gets them to the top and keeps them there. Sustaining all it takes to excel can feel overwhelming. That tends to be because we think that executing all these habits is a case of sheer discipline. If you miss a training session, procrastinate or sleep in. It's because you lack willpower or you're mentally weak You can choose to overpower temptation through forcing discipline, but in the long term, it's a terrible losing strategy I would not recommend. Yes, discipline is important. No one with a right mind would argue otherwise. But outliers like Ted or Jalen Hurts, who might appear to have this sickening level of discipline, are ironically the ones who need it the least. These guys have an internal compulsion to act on the right things at the right times, and it strikes them without thinking. They've structured their lives in ways that do not require Herculean willpower to help them win their days. They form great habits. Again, the focus is on working smarter, not harder. And there is nothing that consolidates your development trajectory like a set of functional habits. They're like algorithms operating in the background that power your life. When you're executing habits, everything's automatic and effortless, which means they sustain you, whether you're inspired, motivated, determined, or not. To optimize your habits, you need to understand how they work. And that's what we're gonna talk about now. So habits arise in a three-step cycle. The basic process is that we experience a cue uh, trigger that sparks a set of automatic reactions. This could include feeling bored. The cue, in this case, is a feeling, an emotion. Then we enact a routine, a specific series of actions you undertake when the cue is triggered, which then gives you a reward. The quality of that reward will dictate how powerful your desire to act will be. In this case, the reward might be to escape from boredom or feel content, basically an emotional payoff. When you repeat this behavior, the reward will eventually create a craving, cravings are the motivational force behind every habit. They're driven by the pleasure or motivation hormone dopamine, which is way, way, way more powerful than your discipline, motivation, and resilience combined. The more you repeat the habit, the earlier the dopamine is released, and eventually just thinking about executing a habit will make you feel good, which is great if you've got good habits, Not so great if the habit is suboptimal in terms of your performance, and we're going to talk about how to optimize there. The beauty here is that you can manipulate this three-step habit cycle in a way that enables you to optimize your habits and win your day through designing, building, and reshaping each component part to help eliminate the negative habits, but also to fortify the positive habits. And that's what I'm going to show you how to do now. So let's start at the beginning with cues. Now, the first thing that dictates any behavior are the cues in front of you. So through keeping the cues for desirable behavior front and center, you can trigger the cravings that compel you to take the right types of action. And if you can make the negative cues invisible, very often the entire negative habit disintegrates altogether. This is really about becoming the architect of your environment, filling it with the productive cues and eliminating the negative ones. So in terms of building positive habits and manipulating cues, you must plant the cues that trigger the behaviors that win your days. If you wanna practice the guitar, then don't tuck it away in the closet. If you wanna drink more water, Keep filled water bottles stored in locations you're going to find yourself in throughout the day. When it comes to eliminating negative habits, if there's no cue, there's no craving. The cue is what creates the craving behind every habit. So without the craving, you avoid that anticipatory dopamine squirt and there's no desire to engage in that bad habit. So removing things from plain sight is one way to do this. If you're interrupted by calls, emails, texts, leave your phone in another room. If you're wasting too much time on Netflix, move the television out of the bedroom. If you're playing too much FIFA, Fortnite, or whatever it might be, unplug the console and store it out of sight. And if you're feeling insecure, stop following social media accounts that trigger those feelings of inferiority. The next area we can manipulate is the routine part of the habit. Every action requires a certain amount of energy. And the more energy required, the less likely that behavior is to occur. We call this the path of least resistance. So the key here is to reduce the effort required to enact your good habits and to increase the effort associated with your bad ones. So in terms of building positive habits, when you decide to get into shape, you might feel you have to do everything at once. You join the gym, you buy your new running kit, you cut out all the junk food, set the alarm for 5.30 a.m., you're mentally prepared for a David Goggins-inspired, all-out assault and fitness. You're motivated, excited, full of willpower to get started. But after a week, maybe a month, the motivation's lost, the excitement's gone, and you've got nothing left to give. Why? Because you've made fitness a short-term, inconvenient nightmare, instead of making it a long-term, sustainable part of your winning day. And here is the critical point. If you want to make a habit stick, you need to make it easy to do. A new habit should not feel like a massive challenge. Instead, it's like a seed you plant that will grow across time. Meditate for one minute instead of 20. Sit and read one page of a novel instead of three chapters. Performing the habit is way more important than doing the perfect amount required for you to excel. And by starting out small, you're less likely to say no. This way, you'll do it, even when you don't feel like it. And this is how you create habits that last and habits that most importantly will grow. A great hack here is to use something called habit stacking. Here, what you do is use your existing habits to build in new ones through adding them to the existing routine. So for example, I get up, I pour my morning of coffee each morning, I stretch for one minute, After stretching for a minute, I close my eyes and visualize executing my winning day. Then, on the flip side, with routines and eliminating negative habits, remember, if you want to do something less, you need to make it hard. If a routine requires more effort than you're willing to expend, then guess what? You just won't do it. Any behavior that's easy to get addicted to, think scrolling through social media, watching television, ordering junk food, they could be performed with close to zero effort. Unplug the television, take the batteries out of the remote after each use, store unhealthy food in the garage if you have to have it in the house at all. This forces you to exert inconvenient effort to execute that habit. Deleting social media apps on your phone so you're forced to log in through a web browser each time removing your credit card information from e-commerce sites so you can't buy without thinking twice, setting your alarm and leaving it at the end of your bed so you're forced to get up when it goes off are all examples of how you can make your bad habits a lot harder to execute, which dramatically reduces the probability you're gonna engage in them in the first place, which is our aim. You can even make it impossible to execute, make a decision in the present, here and now, that controls your actions in the future. For example, you can use apps to block out work email from Friday evening through to a Monday morning. You could book a two-week green zone retreat a year in advance if taking time out is a habit you really need to establish. You can even program automatic timers to cut off the power at the Wi-Fi router at, say, eight o'clock. And there's tons of great apps like Off Time, Break Free, or Flip D that analyze the use of your smartphone and allow you to set custom lockouts to specific apps whether that's social media, email, or games even. The final component of the habit cycle we can manipulate is the reward piece. Whenever you perceive that something will be rewarding, your levels of dopamine spike in anticipation. And whenever dopamine rises, so does your motivation to act. If you increase the reward, you increase the motivation. If you reduce the reward, you reduce the motivation. There are about three ways you can use rewards to build positive habits. Now the first, establish a very clear explicit reward by linking the activities you already do like uh, relaxing or watching Netflix with those you want to establish like exercising or meditating or going to bed early. You can create a motivation to act by doing so. You can meditate in a perfectly drawn bath or you can exercise while you're listening to your favorite audiobook or even watching Netflix. Second, habit tracking. Progress is the ultimate motivation. And this is what's great about habit tracking. All you need is a calendar and a pen. And every day you execute your routine, you can mark that calendar with a big green tick. And this builds a visual cue that you've executed your habit, providing... You with a sign that you're moving forward. Marking the tick becomes a reward itself across time. It gives you this satisfying visual proof of your hard work and a subtle reminder of how far you've come. And this has been proven to increase adherence with habits from anywhere between 20 right up to 80%. So definitely worth a go. The amount of people I meet that actually say, oh, you know, yeah, 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 I absolutely do that all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I can tell by just looking at them that they're talking absolute nonsense. And this is such a key point. Most of us are actually delusional when it comes to our own behavior. And habit tracking is just a great way to keep this delusion in track. So I highly, highly recommend giving it a go. A third option is to optimize your social circle. It's so easy to put the extra hours in. If everyone else does, it's easier to get the sleep uh, an hour earlier. If everyone else does, it's easier to be active if everyone else is spending time with people who have established the habits that you seek increases the probability of you sticking to the challenge. And not only that, it's a great source of information, encouragement, praise, and fun. When it comes to eliminating bad habits and leveraging resources, the first thing you need to do is figure out what the reward is. And this can be confusing at times. It's not always obvious, but there is always a purpose or goal in there somewhere, even if objectively the habit appears to be a really, really dumb one. You need to switch your thinking from why did I do that to what did I get out of that? The reward you crave is not the habit itself, but the change in state it delivers. So when you binge eat, drink too much or browse social media, what you really want to do is feel different. The question then becomes, Are there more functional ways to feel different? So here we're working with the same cues and rewards, but we're adapting the routine. If you're craving sugar, for example, it's not necessarily chocolate you need. It could be an orange, kiwi fruit, or apple. And believe it or not, there's actually a decent chance that the sugar in the fruit will actually satisfy the craving. And by substituting a new routine, so the orange for the chocolate, you can in effect optimize the habit. And when it comes to unhealthy snacking, the classic go-to when talking about habits, the question is whether the reward we're seeking is to satisfy our hunger or overcome boredom. Most of the time, snacking is a symptom of boredom and can be substituted with another routine. This can range from engaging your mind in some kind of game, be it bored, electronic or physical stimulating conversation again digital or in person or simply eating something less unhealthy it doesn't have to be perfect again we need to remember better is better another reason that so many of us struggle with habits in terms of rewards is what we call secondary gain so these are the rewards you receive from your problems in psychology we use the term secondary gain to describe the rewards you receive from your problems. And many of us fail to break bad habits because those bad habits actually provide us with rewards we aren't quite conscious of. Take stress as an example. I think it's a great one here. It can be a highly, highly rewarding habit for some by sticking with stress. You don't have to exert any effort. You go on receiving sympathy from family, friends, loved ones, which is a very real and rewarding benefit for some people. Plus, Getting rid of stress would come at a very high price. You'd have to take responsibility for doing something about it. Uh, you'd have to admit you do it to yourself. You'd have to stop blaming others. You'd also have to learn new skills, acquire knowledge, practice to reinforce all of that. It's a very real and demanding task, and, and that's why most just don't bother. The good news is that once you've identified the secondary gain you have the option to structure more functional ways to achieve those same rewards. You could ask loved ones to stop giving you sympathy. You could find healthy ways to relax. You could acquire just one of two very maybe simple skills that might combat the stress we're talking about. And as a consequence, you start to weaken and eventually break down the habit. And again, it's about planting seeds, not taking the sledgehammer to the habit. Now, in terms of generally conquering your habits there's a few other options you have that can be highly effective and the first one is good old-fashioned thinking ahead so aside from manipulating the habit cycle itself thinking ahead has been proven to be extremely effective written plans can actually double the rate at which you acquire new habits specifically writing about where you perceive temptation to be strongest when it's likely to occur and what strategy you could use to overcome it This increases the probability of staying on track. The process primes your mind to exhibit the the adaptive response if and when the challenge does arrive. This will be a key feature in the Mindset app that's launching early next year. So the questions you need to answer in this case are, first up, why is the habit beneficial to you? What is the cue? What is the routine? What's the reward? How will you avoid any negative cues? How will you respond if you do encounter them? How will you feel if you make the right choices? How will you feel if you make the wrong choices? And finally, what will forming this habit mean for you? A final few tips from me are that when it comes to optimizing your habits so that you can win your days, better beats perfect. It's so, so easy to get bogged down trying to find the perfect plan, the fastest way to lose weight, the best program to build muscle, the perfect idea for a side hustle. And you can end up so focused on figuring out the best approach that you never actually get round to taking action. If you want to master a habit, the key is to start with repetition, not perfection. So again, we're looking at planting those seeds that will grow across time. The other potential problem is thinking that if you can't do the whole thing, then you shouldn't do it at all. Now, habits are a process, not an event. You don't have to do it all. If you don't have enough time to do a full workout, just crack 5,000 steps at lunchtime. If you don't have enough time to write an article, write a paragraph. And if you don't have enough time to do yoga, take three deep breaths and touch your toes. Individually, these less than perfect behaviors seem insignificant. But it's the cumulative effect of sticking to the schedule that forms robust habits that stick. Next up, I suggest you try and avoid consecutive errors. So it works a little bit like this. You avoid social media all day, then three o'clock, you can't help yourself, you log in. Or you get up on time a week, and then on Friday, you hit snooze. You follow your eating plan religiously for a week, and then break it up with a Saturday binge. Slip ups don't make you a failure, they make you a human. Missing one opportunity to perform the behavior doesn't materially affect the habit formation process itself. It's the cumulative impact of never getting back on track that will cause you problems. So your aim should be to never really miss two in a row. Now, through optimizing your habits, you'll win your days and you'll shift the baseline and upward trajectory of your performance, your health, and your quality of life for the months, years, and your life ahead. Please, please, please leverage this science. It's so powerful and transformational. And keep Ted Rath at the back of your mind. Periodically check in and ask yourself that question. Are your habits of today aligned with your goals of tomorrow? I want to say another massive thank you to Ted. Great conversation, mate, and hopefully see you in Philly soon. Keep up the good work.